0: Well, again, God has uh, confirmed what I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. At camp, um, God, um, again, continued to use this scripture, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, and you may want to turn there if you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 6, but he continued to confirm what we're talking about. And, and the this, this series that we've started the last couple of weeks, and we're in part three of it, is called That Ain't No Bull. That Ain't No Bull. Um, and uh, we've been looking at how to parallel our spiritual armor with the armor that a bull rider wears. And I've got a few guests this morning that I want to bring in. I, I just uh, I'm kind of excited. I've, um, I've I've been looking forward to this. Go ahead and open that gate. <clears throat> Come on in. Anybody want to get in there and entice them? Can I get a? a <laughs> Can I get a volunteer to get in there? Anybody got any red on? Of course they're kind of blind, but. come on in, bully bullies. How about them bulls? Yeah. Anybody ready to, to um, you know, get a bull rope and, and hook up with one of them? I mean, we could pin it up against the gate. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Well, these are uh, a couple of bulls that uh, a friend of ours who actually goes to our church, a member of our church, Dave Hendricks. I don't know if he's still over here. Right over here, give it up for Dan. <laughs> Dan, that actually, if you didn't know, was PBR Rookie of the Year back in, what, 2001? 2002, which is amazing feat, right? Yeah. And Dan's been uh, raising some buck and bulls, and these are a couple of buck and bulls, so I appreciate him bringing them in. Hopefully, they won't uh, just the fence. I don't think they can get this can like they? maybe, maybe not. Um, but anyways, uh, i wanted to bring those in and uh, continue our look at That Ain't No Bull. All right? All um, right. Let me, let me just say this. Um, in Ephesians chapter 6, again, if you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 6, Paul wraps up his letter to the, the church in Ephesus, and he wraps it up by giving them a warning. Remember that? Are you guys concentrating on me of the wolves? Should I let them out? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but Ephesians chapter 6, Paul is talking to the church, and he gives them a warning. Remember the warning? He says, listen, if you're going to live for Christ, then you're going to have a battle on your hands. Remember that? You're going to have a battle on your hands. In other words, you're going to fight a spiritual battle. Why? Because here's the deal. If we live as Christians for the Lord, if we do what we're called to do, we're going to have a battle because Satan hates the Christian that lives for the Lord. He just does. And so, again, there's a, there's a battle that's going on. And the other thing that we learned in the past couple of weeks is that it's not against flesh and blood. Right, It's not against me and my wife when we get to our It's not against that jerk at work. It's not against that boss. It's against the spiritual forces of evil that try to destroy us. Right? And so, listen, we, we, we need to learn how to fight this battle. And uh, we looked at the parallel of bull riding in the battle, and we learned that bull riding evolved again from... Uh, the 16th century in old Mexico from the chariottas that they used to put on. The bull riding has evolved to what is one of the most watched sporting events in our country, and and it's a great uh, deal. Well, here's the deal. Part one was this, and I want to recap real quick to catch some of you guys up that, that maybe haven't been able to make it, but just like bull riding, listen to this, just like bull riding, the bull rider knows the bull. If you would ask Dan or some other of these bull riders, they know the bull. And and it's not that case in every uh, bull riding or bull rider, for every bull rider, but a lot of bull riders want to know the bull. They go to the bull owner, they say, hey, what kind of bull is this? Is this bull going to buck to the right, buck to the left? What's he going to do? And they get to know the bull. Well, the same way, listen, we as Christians must know our opponent so that we can be a winner, Right? We must know our opponent. We must, number two, was be strong in the Lord, and we must fight with the right armor that uh, that, the, that the word tells us about. Last week, we looked at the armor. The first piece of the armor was what? Anybody remember? The belt, right? The belt of truth. And remember what we learned about truth? You say, what is truth and where do we find it? The truth is this. To know the truth, we must know Jesus because Jesus is truth. The truth. He's the truth. Bible says that, that Jesus says, I am the way, the what? The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Number two is we must know the truth of God's word. Remember that? We must know the truth of God's word. And number three, we must walk in truth. We must walk in truth. Well, we're going to continue our look at, at the full armor of God. Um, So if you do have your Bibles, it's not going to be on the screen because we didn't want to uh, lose our projector with a bull horn. So we took the projector down. So if you don't have your Bibles, just listen to the scripture and I'll read it to you. Um, But it starts in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 15. Listen to what it says. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. of righteousness in place. And then verse 15, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Let's pray together. and we'll ask God to bless the rest of our message today. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for how it can prepare us for battle. Because here's the truth. The truth is, if we are going to live for you, if we're going to give our all to you, there's going to be a battle. And so, Lord, I pray today that you would continue to prepare us for that battle. And it's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Well, the second piece of the armor. First, got the belt of truth, right? The second piece of the armor, and it's in that scripture in verse 14, it says, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place. The breastplate of righteousness in place. I've got a vest here, and this is actually Dan's as well. Um, but this is a, a bull riding vest. If you've never seen one or never, you know, never had one on, it, it's actually, I believe, made out of foam. Isn't it got foam inside there? Yeah. Some sort of foam. Um, but but um, these were created after a famous person died. anybody remember that famous person? Lane Frost. Lane Cody Lander, one of my best friends, invented the vest for bull riders. And what this does, obviously, is it protects the bull rider. But what does it protect? It protects their vital organs, right? Their vital organs. I mean what are your vital organs? Your heart, your lungs, I don't know where your kidney, your pancreas, I don't know where any of that is, but but your heart and your lungs, it protects those vital organs. These cost around at what, $150, $250 for a yeah. good one? 150 250, or $150, $250 for this. But it's all worth it because it protects your vital organs. Well, listen to this. As Christians, we have to have our vest of righteousness on. Just like the scripture said, we are to protect our, our, our reputation and our character, which is our vital organs. We protect our heart. And you we say, well, how do we do that? How, how do we protect our our vital organs. How do we protect our, our, our reputation and, and God's reputation? Here's how you do it. You put on righteousness. Think about it. You say, well, how, what is righteousness? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a word that we use as Christians. A lot of people may not know what it means. But righteousness is this. Righteousness is being in right standing with God. Being in right standing with God, living your way the right way, not the world's way, but God's way. When we live right for God, listen, he promises to protect us from the enemy. Does that make sense? Listen, if you, if you know Jesus Christ, you are to be walking in righteousness. And you say, well, how do I gain that righteousness? Listen to Second Corinthians 5.21. It says this, God made him, which was Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Listen, people, listen. The the righteousness that you need and that I need to, to go to heaven, listen, is not found in good works. It's not found in anything in the world. It's only found in Jesus Christ. That's the only way that you can find righteousness. Now, now here's the truth, and, and I want you to get this. This is where the war, the war begins. If I, as a Christian, will walk in righteousness, guess what? That's when the devil's going to attack. Many of you guys have just begun a relationship with Christ, right? Some of you guys are new believers. Listen, guess what? The devil is wanting to attack you now. Before, you were a threat. But now you're a threat. And the devil wants to, he wants to beat the snot out of you. And you say, well, why would I want to become a Christian? Because it's the best life ever. Amen? You think life, some of you guys are here today, and you're, you're not a Christian, and you think, well, life's good, i got a good life. You have not ever experienced true life until you know Jesus Christ personally. And that's the only way to be right. You say, well, I can do right things, I can live a right life, I can do all these good works, And that will get me through. I'll be a good old boy, and I'll be a good old girl. Well, guess what? Good old boys don't go to heaven. They don't. It's only found in the righteousness that you gain from Christ. Listen to 1 John 3, 7 through 10. It says this. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right, listen, is righteous, just as he is righteous." He who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Now, there's some hard scriptures, but listen to it. It clearly says this. He who does what is right is righteous, just like Christ is righteous. And he who does what is sinful is not righteous. and does what the devil wants. And you say, well, is it saying that if I sin, then I'm not a Christian? That's not what it says. Many of us, all of us, I'll, I'll include all of us, because all of us have sinned. And all of us will continue to perform acts of sin after we are saved, right? Now, here's the deal. But if you're a person that knows Christ, listen, if you're a person that knows Christ, then your desire ought to be to repent of that sin. Is that You getting it? If you're a person who knows Christ and who's walking with Christ, then you will have conviction of your sin. You will ask for forgiveness, and you will begin to live right for Christ again. That's the, the true sign of being a Christian. So, and, and, and here's the truth. So, as Christians, we are to able. We are able to think and act differently. But here's the, here's the other side of that. Those of us that, those of you or somebody else that that don't feel the conviction of sin, who can live in sin habitually and not feel conviction who can continue to sin and have no desire to, or effort to repent, you're probably not a Christian. And I can't judge you. Only, only you and God know that. But if I can live in habitual sin and not feel conviction of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's probably not in me. And so, again, we are to live a righteous Life. The devil will do whatever he wants and whatever he can do. He'll lead us astray by money, alcohol, relationships, power, and pride. But Jesus came to destroy the power that that the devil has. You want to be right with God? You must know his son. You want to live a righteous life? You can only accomplish that through the strength of the Lord. So you got the belt of truth, you got the vest of righteousness. And then you've got another part, another piece of the armor that I want to touch on, and we're done. The third part is this, the boots of the gospel. The boots of the gospel. Listen to verse uh, 15 of Ephesians 6. It says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Well, back in the day, um, in Jesus' day, they didn't obviously have boots, did they? I mean, they wore sandals. I don't know if you've ever worn sandals, but you probably have. Many many of you guys wear them or have them on today. But there's not much protection in a pair of sandals, is there? Not much protection. But here's the truth. Back in Jesus' day, guess what they put in uh, the bottom of their sandals? They put what they call hobnails, which would give them better traction so that they could stand firm when the battle came. Well, listen, in a cowboy's armor, in a bull, riding's, uh, bull rider's armor, we have cowboy boots, right? Cowboy boots. Now, you say, well, how does a cowboy boot protect uh, a cowboy? Well, if you're a saddle bronc rider, and I'm not a saddle bronc rider, but most saddle bronc riders, guess what they do? They buy a, a pair of boots that are two sizes or a size too big. Why? So that if their foot gets hung in the stirrup, they can kick their foot out. That's how they protect themselves getting hurt. Well a bull rider, these are Dan's boots back in the day when he rode. Uh, these are Dan's and uh, a bull rider wants a snug boot, right? They want their boots to stay on. Not only do they buy snug boots and, and boots that fit real well, but they also use leather to wrap around their boot to tie their boot to their leg.
1: They tie it on. Uh, a lot of people, they'll use a, a leather
0: strip. Some people use dog collars or straps and they'll just cinch it on to their feet. And why do they do that? Because they want to make the whistle. And if they can't, and if they don't have a hole, they're not going to be able to make the whistle. But well, here's the truth that I want to get out of that. Listen, we are to have our boots of the gospel tied on. We're to have the boots of the gospel tied on so that we can make the whistle at the end of this life. And you say, well, what does that mean? How, how do we do this? Well, we must possess the peace that only Christ has can give us. we got to possess Christ before we can give Christ. The scripture says that we are to be ready, that our readiness comes from the gospel of peace. And if you're a Christian, listen, you no longer have to wonder where you will spend eternity because Christ is giving you that peace. Isn't that a great thing? That's a great thing. Romans 5 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So if if you're going to, listen, lead others to the gospel, if you're going to share the gospel with others, which you say, well, what's the gospel? The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. If you're going to share that with other people, guess what? You have to possess it yourself. You have to possess that peace. And so you have to possess it first, and then the second thing is you've got to be fitted and ready to take the gospel of peace to a lost and dying world. You say, well, how, how, does, how does this protect us? Listen, if we will live for Christ, Christ will protect us. And he will, he will give us the words that we need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, here's, here's a truth that I, I thought about the other day. The greatest Christians that I know share the gospel. I mean, the, you, you, hands down, the people that I respect the most in, in, in my Christian walk are the people that share the gospel. They don't just come to church. They don't just sit on a, a, a bench or a pew or a, a seat. They don't just come and say, give, give, give. Guess what they do? They go out and give, give, give. And they reach the lost for the sake of Jesus Christ. Now, here's, here's an amazing thing. Our church is a church that desires to seek the lost for Jesus Christ. And you do it day in and day out. So for that, I thank you. And I say thank you for doing that. Yes. Listen. Listen. The Bible has called us to be fitted with the boots of the gospel. And to take them to the end of the world. Not just to our community, but to the end of the world. Listen to the, the scripture. Um, in, let's see where it is. Romans 10, 14 and 15 says this. How then can they, they call on the one h- whom they have not believed? And how then can they believe in the one whom they have not heard?
1: And how can they
0: hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet that bring good news. Listen, you as a Christian are to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to the world. That's what we're called to do. And guess what? If you will do that in Christ, if you will you will rely on Christ to do that, he will equip you and give you protection. Now, many of you guys have an orange sheet or a yellow sheet. Go ahead and take that out. Everybody got an orange sheet or a yellow sheet? If you didn't get one, we'll uh, get you one as you leave. Do we have extras? Do we have any extras? Back up uh, at the top. Well, here's the deal. And If, and if you want one right now, just go ahead and, and Tammy will, I guess, hand some out. Raise your hand if you don't have an orange sheet or a, a yellow sheet. Should get those to you here in just a second. Here, here's what I, I want to do. My desire as a pastor is to be the person that shares the gospel with the lost and dying world. But here's also my desire. My desire is to equip you to share as well. And again, I've said this before. A lot of times pastors will get up here and they'll go, go share the gospel. Go tell them all about Jesus. But they never show you how. I'm not going to be one of those pastors. I'm going to do my best to equip you. To share the gospel. And you say, well, how do I do that, though? Well, if, if you have a sheet right there in front of it, I'm just going to go through this real quick. But it's called how to share the gospel. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's simple. And here's number one. If you want to share your faith with someone else or share the gospel with someone else and you want to see them come to Christ, all you got to do is share your own story. Think about it. How did you come to Christ? Was it a camp? You camp? Was it at a, a children's church, or was it was it yesterday or last Sunday? When did you come to Christ? Nobody can take that away from you, and they can't argue with what God has done in your life. And so, share your story. Maybe you share what God, or what your life was like before, what your how you came to know Christ, and then how your life has been since you came to know Christ. And so, share your story. And, and the second thing is, use the Bible to speak for you. And you said, well, what verses do I use, Bo? Well, they're right there. Romans 3.23. And it talks, I mean, this is what I call the trail of salvation. But it talks in Romans 3.23. 3, 23, it says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know what that simply means? Everyone sins. Everyone sins. And so if you're talking to somebody at work and they go, man, I, I'm, a, I'm a big sinner, I, I've done a lot of stupid stuff, you can say, well, everyone sins. Romans 3.23 proves that. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. You know what that's saying? The wages of our sin, which we are born into, is death. Death spiritually, guess what our destiny is if we don't come to Christ? It's hell, right? And so the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. If you will accept Christ in your life, guess what? He will, he will let you into heaven. You will receive that free gift. And then Romans 5.8, it says, But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know what I would share with that person I was talking to? Listen, you didn't have to come to God clean. You come to God dirty, and he'll clean you up. Amen? Didn't he clean you up? Or he cleaned me up. Yeah, that's a great thing. And then Romans 10, 9 and 10, I say it all the time in verse 13 as well, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe it in your heart, and you'll be saved. Salvation is this. It means that we've been forgiven of our sins, And we have been saved by the grace of God through faith. Verse 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so here's my question for you. Do you have your vest of uh, righteousness on? You don't have to raise your hand. But just think about it. Are you walking in righteousness? Many of you guys maybe are not. Many of you guys may be here today and you're thinking, why is all hell breaking loose in my life? Why is there so much crud taking place in my life? Here's the truth. If you will walk in righteousness, Christ will bless you. If you don't walk in righteousness, you're going to face trial after trial after trial after trial. Listen, righteousness doesn't say that you're not going to face any trial because you will. But the more you walk in righteousness, the more you minimize the trials of life. I don't know that's you, but I want to minimize trials in my life. So I got to put on the vest of righteousness. How many of you guys, and again, don't raise your hand, are are walking with the boots of the gospel on? I mean, where you go, before you get out of the truck, you pray, God, give me an opportunity to share the gospel today. If you're a Christian, the greatest thing that you can do for the kingdom of God is share the gospel. And you need to do it. God has called each of us to do that. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Some of you are here today again, and you you don't know Christ personally. Therefore, the righteousness that is only found in him, you don't have because you don't know Christ. Can I just tell you, today, he wants a relationship with you. He wants a personal, one-on-one relationship so that he can bless your life, so that he can protect your life from the devil. And so maybe that's you. Maybe you're here and you're like, man, I, I, I've been to church all my life, or I, I've never been to church, and I don't know this Jesus guy because... I've never given my life to him. Listen, you can do that today. The Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so maybe that's you today. And you don't have the righteousness because you don't know Christ. With it, nobody's looking around, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you want to say, Bo, I, I need you to pray for me. I, I need you to, to maybe help me. I, I'm struggling with that decision to know Christ. If you would just be willing to raise your hand and say, well, that's me. I, I, I'm, I'm struggling with that decision. I want to, but I, I, I'm just not there yet. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Listen. Those of you that just raised your hand. Again, if you got questions, we would love to answer those questions. My elders, our elders are going to be on the screen. If you want to call us, text us, write us, or just call me. Or if you want to fill out an orange sheet and, and we can come meet with you so that we can help answer the questions that you have about Christ. Do not leave here without finding the, the, the number to whoever it is that you need to contact or just filling out an orange sheet so that we can talk to you. If you need to talk today, I'll be willing to talk to you as soon as the service is over. You come find me, find one of our elders, and we would love to talk to you today as well. Now for the Christian, all, nobody's looking around, but all of those that, that are Christians, how many of you um, would say, you know what, Bo, I've not been, I've not been putting my boots of the gospel on. I've not been sharing my faith, and I need to. How many of you guys would be willing to admit that and just by raising your hand? Thank you, all across the room. Listen, if God has truly changed your life, why would you not want to tell people about it? If he's given you the peace that only he, he can give, why would you not want everybody else to have that peace? You say, well, I'm not worthy, Bo. I I do all kinds of things wrong. Listen, he uses unworthy people. You know why? Because we're all unworthy. And he wants to use you if you will just be open and put your boots on. And so maybe that's you. That's you that raise your hand, and you need to commit to God and say, okay, God, I'm going to begin to pray for opportunities. I want you to equip me to be ready. To share the gospel. And then be ready. Because he'll open the door. I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. And if you need to visit after church, please come and find us. Lord, I thank you again for for who you are and what you do, Lord. Lord, I thank you for um, your scripture. I thank you for how it equips us to live this life. It's not just a history book. It's not just a good book to read. It is the truth of God. And when we apply it to our lives, you will use us in mighty ways. And so Lord, as we begin to live right for you and live this life uh, in a righteous way, may you protect us. Protect us with the, the righteousness that's only found in you. Protect us with the truth that's only found in you. And help us to put our boots on, the boots of the gospel, so that we can share the good news with others. Lord, we thank you for this church. We thank you for all the blessings that you're pouring on us. And we pray that you would continue to do that. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for being here. Let's give a hand to the Chuck Wagon team for the baby breakfast. Good job. Thank you, guys. So much. We appreciate it.